The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. This was interesting. It was an 11th hour request from local elders, teachers, and First Nations representatives has prompted Edmonton City Council to hold off on adding generic names and instead picking Indigenous names for new wards that will be in place for the October 2021 civic election. Terry Sungens is the Director of Indigenous Initiative at McEwen University. She joins us now. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, okay, so when you heard this news yesterday, what did you think? Well, I think one of the work that, you know, we really, this was kind of last minute as well. Dr. Chris Wells and I submitted a letter last week uh, to the city uh, recommending that the renaming happen with uh, Indigenous names and ensuring that we are honoring the land um, which we stand. Um, so we're really excited that it, it passed within uh, City Council yesterday. So Terry, um, you and Chris worked on, on this together, put that letter in. Why was it so important? You talk about honoring the land. Uh, can you just dive into that a little bit more for us? Because sometimes I, I, I'm not sure that a lot of Edmontonians actually realize about the land that we are, are living on. Why why was this so important to you? Well, as Indigenous people, we're, we have a connection to the land. It's definitely that uh, there's a deep connection for us that we have to the land. And there's a lot of history that we have um, in the city of Edmonton to previous to the city being here and as people who inhabited this space. Um, and how are we honoring our ancestors? I think one of the really big things of this, too, is that as the Director of Indigenous Initiatives at Stewart University, um, I've been there for roughly three years. And it was one of the things that we've seen within our surveys um, evaluations on campus that once we started to expand the Indigenous narrative across campus, um, whether that was in policy uh, through Indigenous employees, uh, Indigenous art, um, signs that were put up at every entrance of the university that has land recognition of, of the land, first in Cree and in syllabics, and then in English. Um, you were We became more visible on campus. And because of that, Indigenous students felt more safe. Um, but it also created a sense of pride. Um, and, and, you know, for so many years, for generations, we've, you know, we've had, we've dealt with racism and discrimination against Indigenous peoples. And there's, you know, I've, I've endured that as a child, you know, growing up on the res and then moving to <laughs> the city um, at the age of 18 and going to McEwen. I tried really hard to blend in. I tried really hard. And it was, I was ashamed of who I was because of the stigma or the, the discrimination that we faced um, in the city. And so making sure that we're educating people, this is a, this is a big step towards for sure. How how does it how does it feel then to to see the indigenous indigenous language up on um, on a on a on a board on a name you know naming a trail as an indigenous woman how does that make you feel? It makes me feel proud. I think that you know it's 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 about time that we start to be we begin to be recognized and the language recognized um, because it's so rich and uh, it definitely makes me feel proud and, and you know it's interesting because I told my daughters I have two daughters uh, Amay and Ella, and they're six and ten and I explained to them this morning about yesterday and the 
council meeting and what mommy was talking about and <laughs> what was going to happen and what you know what the decision was and they're like oh my god right <laughs> like they're like this is so awesome and i'm like and that's what i love you know is that to ensure that my children my daughters grow up in a space where they see reflected and they feel good about who they are as indigenous Cree girls that's really important because you know 70 percent of children in care in this province are indigenous and mm-hmm. indigenous women are 12 times more likely to experience violence considering that we represent a small percentage of the overall population so as a mom T- it, it, these initiatives are very important to me for sure Terry Sungeon's joining us this afternoon. She's the Director of Indigenous Initiatives at McEwen University. We're talking about this plan from Edmonton City Council. Uh, they were going to go ahead and put somewhat generic names in for um, the wards right now. Most of them are, you know, numbers, right? And um, they're, they, they hit pause. And now uh, looking at naming those wards um, Indigenous names. And um, a lot of folks in the community really thrilled about about this and, and Terry, I'm, I'm curious how you would evaluate, you know, if you had to give city council, um, you know, a grade on 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 their their moves towards reconciliation, all of these things with trying to embrace um, the, the history, the indigenous history that is here um, in the capital region, how, did, how would you grade them? How, how do you think it's, how well do you think uh, they're doing? <laughs> I'm gonna put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like grading systems are so, such a colonial practice, so I'm not going to say. Sorry, gonna, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, but, um, yep. You know, I think that they're doing they're doing work, and I, and I get that leaders, it's it's a tough job. I understand that, respect that, um, and there's processes and policies in place. Um, but these are this is a great example of how sometimes process time and, and deadlines um, can really impact or cut off really great initiatives. Because there mm-hmm. was a deadline to pass this bylaw, um, there was a rush. Let's, let's get a name within a week or so, and you know we, they, we could have missed a really good opportunity. And so I'm thankful that they were able to find a way um, to work around that so that we can uh, submit 12 names um, by the end of the summer uh, for a recommendation. You know, it's it's been said that this is a real opportunity for the city to choose respectful names to honor the area's history. How do you see this unfolding? How do we see these names uh, be chosen? And I, I know that uh, you know a little bit of information uh, about this on how it might happen, but how do you see that unfolding? Well, first of all, and I said this previously, is that we would need to start this process in a, in a ceremony to ensure that it's guided in, in the right way through protocol. Um, there's always protocol that we need to honor when doing something like this. Um, and so that will be the first step. The second step is, is really reaching out to all our communities, um, organizations, um, partners, and, and coming together to start discussing and, and running some facilitations around up- these themes may be uh, within the city um, and it's important that we're very inclusive that it's not just we're not just speaking to Cree folks that we're also <laughs> indigenous people we're very diverse and so uh, we need to bring in different languages as well so there needs to be we need to ensure that uh, we do proper consultation for sure.
You know, Terry, it was really interesting when I spent some time just doing some background research uh, in preparation for this uh, interview. Um, there's actually a database uh, online of um, the Indigenous names that are in in use already in the Edmonton region, and um, and I think a lot of people might be a little surprised if they took some time and actually, you know, went through it and, and read about, you know, why Bear's Paw was named Bear's Paw, why Blue Quill was named Blue Quill. Um, I I have I've had to you know had to I've 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 um, I live just off Muskegosa Trail now, mm-hmm. and I had to learn uh, how to say that properly and and all of that as well. But when you learn some of the history behind that. Um, there is so much that so many of us don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just don't know about. And, and, and we're, I think, doing a disservice um, to, to everyone. I, we, we really need to take some time and, and spend a little bit more time doing some history on um, the Indigenous people and that the history and the culture of this area. I just think a lot of us are missing out on a lot. <laughs> just saying that. It's no fault of anyone's own, and and I think that um, I had shared yesterday with council. There's uh, Dr. Shawnee Pete shares shared in this podcast that I was listening to a couple weeks ago about how non-Indigenous people have been systematically denied the opportunity to learn about Indigenous people by our Western hmm. education system, and that's so true. Our curriculum is very reflective of that, and so um, it, it's no fault of our own that we are unaware of Indigenous ways of knowing, seeing, and gathering because it's not in our Western education system that we've all yeah. been right. So, yeah. Yeah, Terry, I think I have seen a couple of comments, um, you know, following stories that have been posted about this, um, and, and there had been talk about why don't we put, pronu- uh, you know, pronouncers up, and you know, some people rolling their eyes about that. But I think one of the concerns is, is that for some folks, we're we're you know, trying to figure out how to say it properly. And I'm just going to just say it this way: is to make sure that we we know how to say uh, the words properly, that we're not messing them up. Um, um, you know, I, I must go say I had to I, I talked to some friends who, who who told me and gave me some history about it as well, which I was incredibly appreciative about that. How where is a good resource for um, for us to 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 learn proper pronunciation? Um, so we we honor those names when they're named. Well, that's going to depend on, again, like, I think it's going to depend on what names are going to be recommended um, and what language group that. Yeah. Um, so within the city of Edmonton, there is there is free online resources um, for to learn Cree. And so that we, we have mm-hmm. those that are available to community and to the yeah. public. Um, there's also online resources. There's the Cree Dictionary. Um, there's a couple, and one of them actually, it's interesting because I didn't realize this and I was playing with the app one day, and it <laughs> says it for you. So it's actually replying yeah. back on the app, which is neat. Um, we have tons of resources online as well. Um, through the, through Cahill Weston, McEwen University, Facebook, we share a ton of information uh, through our engagement center there. With, um, we're very much community-based uh reaching out to community and supporting uh, uh, community as well as the university. Um, and so there is a lot of resources. Um, 
for sure. Um, it's just a matter of, of connecting with uh, the right people and obviously researching that as, on the internet as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Terry, is there anything else that you want to add uh, about this, about the importance of it and, and what you think the process looks like moving forward before we uh, before we say goodbye? I, I'm just I'm, I'm grateful for this, uh, that we were able to come to a decision yesterday uh, with city council. Um, it, it's definitely, uh, it makes, uh, one thing I would say, and, and, it, and maybe it's to my dog, is that, you know, as a woman, as an Indigenous, clearly Indigenous woman, um, yeah. I struggled as a leader uh, in Western uh, organizations um, for many years. And I often was told no, or I was laughed at, or I was um, not in those spaces as a leader sometimes. And um, never give up, never give up and definitely persevere and um, never take no as an answer. I never take no. I'm very stubborn. I'm always like, what? This, you know, I was told it was impossible yesterday. And I'm like, nothing was impossible. There's always a way. There's always a way when good things, when it's when it's meant to happen. So definitely. That's Did, the message. Terry, you, you talk about, um, you know, not taking no for an answer and pushing forward and having, you know, to, to break through some of these, these, these walls and, the, you know, some of the challenges over the years. Is, is it getting better? Are things getting better? What, you know, what still needs to be done? What would be top of your list? It is getting better. I think I, I feel as, as I don't feel like it's as hard as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what we're, the really big thing that we, that I constantly deal with is the racism. And racism by our authorities with uh, police and security. Um, that mm. is definitely uh, something that is ongoing and, and exhausting, very exhausting to uh, so when, it brings up a lot of emotions, definitely. Oh well, of course it does. So when you're when you're seeing this conversation, I know we're straying from one topic to another, but um, you know when you're seeing the conversations that are going on at City Hall right now, um, talking about you know the future of policing in Edmonton, when you see this conversation happening happening on a on a national level about um, about uh, systemic racism and you know what needs to be done to to, to change this. Are, are you hopeful that change is going to happen? Change will happen if we continue to voice our concerns. And we have to push through a lot of barriers. Um, but it can happen. I, I absolutely believe that change can happen. Um, and so, it, but we really need to start speaking up. And we need to really start uh, using our voice at these tables and sharing our experiences um, and the discrimination and the racial profiling that happens. Yeah. Um, definitely. Because there's a, but nobody's taking accountability for that either. So. Yeah, no, and you know, my last conversation with um, Elan Babineau, it, we, you know, we're talking about racial profiling and, and, and what's happening and how that's happening. And um, this has just been um, uh, a wonderful conversation, Terry. I, I thank you for joining me this afternoon. Mm-hmm. I, I probably could talk to you all afternoon. I have so much to learn. <laughs> but I want to thank you uh, for being willing to have the conversation with me. And I look forward to talking again sometime. Yes, it was an honor. Thank you. 
Yes, thank you very much. Uh, Terry Sunjens joining us this afternoon. She is the Director of Indigenous Initiatives at McEwen University. And, and hey, I, I, I'll just be honest here. I'll, I'll be honest with you. When they changed the name of 23rd Avenue on the south side of the river to Muscogee Trail, I can remember looking at the sign going, I don't have a clue how to say that don't even have a clue how to say that my google maps uh, my google maps you know the voice on there called it maskokesic trail and i knew that that wasn't right so i asked i asked um you know someone from Enoch Cree nation how do we say that how, how you know what's how do i say it properly what does it mean what's the history there and um and 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 now that i know how to say it fairly fairly well i'm i'm happy to say it and happy to say it the right way um but again you know i don't think we need to be afraid of change there are numerous areas numerous uh, parts of the city that are named um after um the indigenous people who 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 whose history is here so and I think a lot of us forget that and again I went through I don't know pages upon pages on a database online that outline that outlines it and um, I think probably a lot of folks would be surprised maybe to know but again we have to be willing to want to find out